0: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
1: What's up, everybody? RJ Ochoa here from SB Nation and welcome to the 2019 SB Nation Bloggers Mock Draft. It is officially NFL Draft season. The first round of the 2019 NFL Draft gets going on Thursday, April 25th, 2019. It's going to be fun. It's going to be epic. It's going to be a grand time, but perhaps no more of a grand time than what you are in store for at this particular moment. Welcome once again to the 2019 SB Nation Bloggers Mock Draft, and this is going to be really cool. This is a project that we've had going on here at SB Nation that is a lot of fun, one that I think you're going to enjoy. It's going to be a simulation of the NFL draft, and we're going to have people from every one of our team sites make the pick for their respective team. So, for example, right now when the Arizona Cardinals are on the clock, the fine folks from Revenge of the Birds, they're going to come in, and they're going to tell you who they're going to pick, and they're going to tell you why. They're going to tell you why that pick makes sense. They're going to tell you why they feel the Arizona Cardinals should make that pick. They're going to tell you why they might have to have a really uncomfortable and awkward conversation with Josh. Rosen, Or maybe not. Maybe they take Nick Bosa. Maybe they take somebody else. It's going to be fun to find out. When they're done, they'll tap out. They'll bring in somebody else. They'll bring in the fine people from all over SB Nation that know exactly what they're talking about when it comes to their respective team. We're going to do that for all 32 picks, and we're going to have a fantastic time while we do it. So sit back, relax, grab a snack. If you want to get some from me, I won't hold it against you. We're about to have some fun. Welcome to the 2019 SB Nation Bloggers Mock Draft the Arizona Cardinals are on the clock
2: this is Blake Murphy from Revenge of the Birds and on behalf of the Arizona Cardinals we select Kyler Murray with the first overall selection Kyler Murray is an electrifying athlete who dominated college football this year at Oklahoma with 4,700 passing yards thousand rushing yards and 50 total touchdowns to only seven interceptions Murray walked away from college and Major League Baseball with the Heisman Trophy Award this year. He's deadly accurate, avoids turnovers, and can escape pressure and make plays with his legs. Basically, he's everything that Josh Rosen failed to be with the team last season. And pairing Kyler with an air raid disciple in Cliff Kingsbury gives the 32nd ranked offense in the NFL a playmaker and a new identity at the most important position on the field, something no defensive player could provide. This is
3: Oscar Aparicio from Niners Nation, and on behalf of the 49ers, we select Nick Bosa, defensive end from Ohio State, with the second overall pick. Bosa is the most refined pass rusher in this draft class, and it's fortuitous that he fell right to the 49ers at the second pick. He possesses the blend of athleticism, pass rush technique, and production that's required of a top pick in the draft. Bosa had a higher pass rush win rate as a true freshman than Brian Burns, Cleland Farrell, and Jaki Polite had this past season. He immediately slots in as a starting defensive end opposite D. Ford, creating a formidable defensive line that upgrades a position of need for the 49ers defense in 2019. This is John B. from
4: Gang Green Nation, and on behalf of the New York Jets, we select Josh Allen with the number three overall selection. This came down to Josh Allen versus Quinn and Williams, and it's really just about the position Allen plays. Edge rusher is more valuable than interior defensive lineman. Jets have not had a consistent edge rusher sh- since John Abraham. Now, if both players hit their boom scenario, you're not going to complain about the pick, but if both guys are a little disappointing, if Allen's just a pretty good pass rusher, I think that validates the third overall pick. But if Quinn and Williams is just a good interior lineman, not a great interior lineman, then it's not as good of a pick. So I think it's a safer pick when you talk about the edge guy.
5: This is Levi Damian from Silver and Black Pride. And on behalf of the Oakland Raiders, we select defensive tackle Quinn and Williams with the fourth overall selection. This is a pure best player available selection for the Raiders. Williams is arguably the best player in the draft at any position. The Raiders have a huge need at edge rusher, but with the top two pass rushers already off the board, they have to set need aside and go for value. Williams will team up with last year's second-round pick, P.J. Hall, and fifth-round pick, Maurice Hurst, to form a nice-looking young interior rotation for years to come.
6: This is Gil Arcia
5: with BucksNation.com. and on behalf of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, we select Houston defensive lineman Ed Oliver with the fifth overall pick. With the uncertainty surrounding veteran defensive tackle Gerald McCoy in his future in Tampa Bay, bringing in a player like Oliver will solidify the defensive line for years to come. He would also go ahead and be paired up with last year's rookie defensive tackle in Vita Vea and provide a pass rushing presence that the Buccaneers have not had in quite some time.
2: This is Ed Valentine from Big Blue View and on behalf of the New York Giants, we select Devin White, linebacker LSU, with the sixth overall pick. Why White? When you look at the way the board has shaped up, Quinn and Williams and Josh Allen are both gone. I believe that Devin White is the best remaining defensive player And I think you can argue that while the Giants talk so much about pass rush or the media talks so much about pass rush, the Giants could use help at every level of their defense. And as I said, White is the best remaining defensive player on the board in my view.
7: This is Alfie Crow from Big Cat Country and on behalf of the Jacksonville Jaguars, we select Dwayne Haskins, quarterback from Ohio State with the 7th overall selection. Now this pick is probably a surprise considering the team just signed Nick Foles and free agency to a big deal, but outside of just wanting to shake up the draft, I do think this selection has some practical reasoning, though the pick is unlikely. The Jaguars have done a lot of pre draft work on Haskins and the team likely doesn't want to end up picking this high anytime soon. So if a guy you think could turn into a franchise quarterback is there, you pull the trigger. It also solidifies the quarterback room with a big upgrade behind Foles and a solid plan B if Foles turns out to not work out. Dave Caldwell recently lamented Blake Bortles being rushed as a starter and not sitting and learning, which Haskins would now be doing. It's more likely to be an offensive or defensive lineman, but Haskins would be a spicy pick and does make some practical sense. This is Jeremy Reisman from prideofdetroit.com, and on behalf of the Detroit Lions, we select Florida State edge defender Brian Burns with the eighth overall pick. This was a tough decision for us to make because T.J. Hawkinson was still on the board and the Lions have a big need for tight end, but ultimately I went with Burns here because I think the Lions are going to define themselves by their defensive line, their defensive front with Matt Patricia as their head coach, and Burns brings them an elite pass rusher that maybe they're missing now that Ezekiel Ansah is gone. I know they added Trey Flowers in free agency, and I know they have a good defensive front all across the board, but adding Brian Burns takes them to that next level where I think they become one of the most feared defensive lines in the entire league, and the rest of the NFC North better take notice because Brian Burns is now Detroit Lion.
8: This is Matt Warren from buffalorumblings.com, and on behalf of the Buffalo Bills, we select TJ Hawkinson, Tight End, Iowa, with the number nine overall selection. The Bills have several holes on their roster, but none are more glaring than at starting tight end. Head coach Sean McDermott has frequently mentioned it in interviews this offseason that the tight end position is super important to him. After Buffalo signs six offensive linemen and three wide receivers in free agency, they need a dynamic and complete player at tight end to help quarterback Josh Allen develop. This is Tim Lynch from Mile High Report, and on behalf of the Denver Broncos, we selected Drew Locke with the 10th overall selection. With Ed Oliver, Devin White, and TJ Hawkinson off the board, Drew Locke was the only choice that made sense. Joe Flacco uh, is someone that the Broncos will have for the next few years, but having a quarterback of the future is necessary. Uh, and all, all reports show that the Broncos are pretty interested in Locke, so the choice seemed pretty pretty evident.
9: Hey, everyone. This is Anthony Cazenza with CincyJungle.com and the Orange and or Black Insider Bengals podcast. And with the number 11 overall pick in the NFL draft, the Cincinnati Bengals select Devin Bush, linebacker from Michigan. He... Makes sense for this team in a number of different levels because the team that the linebacker position is a mess and needs immediate help. He can be a three-down linebacker in the system and he is a plug-and-play starter, which this team needs immediate starters in the early rounds of this draft based on what's happened in previous classes. So Devin Bush from Michigan makes sense. The Bengals may would have liked a couple of other players to fall to them at Oliver being one. Devin White being another, but the way that the board fell, this pick makes sense. It fills an immediate need. It's a safe pick, and it's a guy who can both defend the run and play in space against the pass, which is what's needed at the position for the team.
8: This is Evan Tex-Western from Acme Packing Company, and on behalf of the Green Bay Packers, we've selected Montez Sweat, an edge rusher from Mississippi State with the 12th overall selection. Sweat is one of the most athletic pass rushers to enter the NFL in years, and his production really lives up to that athleticism with two straight double-digit sack seasons as a junior and senior. He ran a 4.41 second 40-yard dash at the Combine this year, which is fast for anybody, but especially for a six-foot-six, 260-pound pass rusher. Now, even though the Packers acquired a pair of free agent edge rushers in Zadarius and Preston Smith this offseason, you can never have enough guys who can get to the quarterback. So adding sweat here gives the Packers an edge group with top-end talent and depth that can rival just about any other unit in the NFL.
9: This is Kevin Nogle from the Finsider, and on behalf of the Miami Dolphins, we select Jawan Taylor with the 13th overall pick. Taylor gives Miami an immediate replacement for Jawan James and provides a starting bookend opposite left tackle Laramie Tunsil. The Dolphins have multiple needs this offseason as they look to rebuild the foundation of a once glorious franchise and what better way to fix the struggles of the past several years than by finally solving the puzzle that has been the offensive line. Look for the Dolphins to build from here with probably another offensive line choice as well as some defensive line help and possibly a developmental quarterback later in the draft.
3: Hi, this is Dave Choate from the Falcoholic, and on behalf of the Atlanta Falcons, I selected Jonah Williams, tackle out of Alabama, for the Atlanta Falcons with the 14th overall pick. Uh, the reason I made this selection is pretty simple. Um, the best defensive linemen that I liked were gone, and the Falcons desperately need a right tackle over the long haul. Uh, Williams is a technician, He's a guy who's very smart, uh, very talented, and certainly, I think, concerns over his arm length and so forth are overblown. So the hope here is that the Falcons are getting their right tackle for the next decade, and I'm very excited to welcome him to the Falcons.
5: This is Brian Stabby from Hogs Haven, and on behalf of the Washington Redskins, we select Cleveland Farrell with the 15th overall selection. Simply put, Farrell is a freak of nature and a true winner. As a two-time college football national champion who racked up 165 tackles and 27 sacks in his final three years at Clemson, Farrell is an edge rusher who can do it all. Despite not meeting the prerequisite of being a former member of the Alabama Crimson Tide, in D.C., he can combine forces with his former foes to utilize his massive strength, dominating size, and exceptional explosiveness to bring a new wrinkle to a defensive front seven that's on the rise.
8: This is Bradley Smith from Cat Scratch Reader, and on behalf of the Carolina Panthers, we select Andre Dillard, left tackle, Washington State, with the number 16 overall selection. After releasing Matt Khalil in March, and with both Darrell Williams and Taylor Moton better suited for right tackle, or even guard, the Panthers don't have a true left tackle on the roster and must address their lack of depth on their offensive line. Quarterback Cam Newton missed the final two games of the 2018 season due to a shoulder injury that required offseason surgery. And it would be in Carolina's best interest to give him some protection so the offense can properly function when he returns in 2019.
2: This is Ed Valentine from Big Blue View. And on behalf of the New York Giants, we select Rashawn Gary, defensive lineman from Michigan, with the 17th overall pick. Why Gary? Because we believe that the Giants do need pass rush. And while Gary has not had tremendous productivity during his college career, we believe that his traits and his upside warrant the pick at this point and give the uh, the Giants an opportunity to get a player they can move around and one who has tremendous upside and could be an
5: outstanding defensive lineman in the NFL. This is Christopher Gates from the Daily Norseman, and on behalf of the Minnesota Vikings, we select Oklahoma guard Cody Ford with the 18th pick in the 2019 NFL draft. Uh, Obviously, the biggest need for the Minnesota Vikings going into this draft is the offensive line. They could use help just about everywhere, and Cody Ford is a player who could potentially play tackle. He could potentially play guard. I think he would slot in a little better at guard right now, but uh, the Vikings could play him at either of those spots, and he would be an immediate day one starter and a significant upgrade talent-wise for an offensive line that desperately needs it. So that's why he is our selection. This is Jimmy Morris from com, and on behalf of the Tennessee Titans, we select Garrett Bradbury, interior offensive lineman, North Carolina State, with the 19th overall pick. Bradbury is a guy that should be a starter for the Titans from day one, as they look to revamp their offensive line in order to establish Derrick Henry and the run game and to find out what they have in Marcus Mariota. This is a big year for him, kind of do or die. So the Titans use this pick to make sure that they have as good of an offensive line in front of him as they possibly can.
10: Hi, this is Jeff Hardman, editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, representing the Pittsburgh Steelers, and with the 20th overall pick in the 2019 NFL Draft, the Steelers select... Byron Murphy, cornerback from Washington University. The Steelers have long looked to solidify their secondary to match a pass rush that has been dominant the past two seasons. And by selecting Murphy, they're able to get the best overall cornerback, in our opinion, in this upcoming draft in the first round. It would be a great bridge for when Joe Hayden is ready to hang it up. This pick is going to have value not just in 2019 and beyond. And that's why the Steelers have selected Byron Murphy with the 20th pick.
3: This is Brandon Schultz from Field Goals. And on behalf of the Seattle Seahawks, we select Jerry Tillery, defensive lineman from Notre Dame with the 21st overall pick. Now, fans of other teams are going to want to know that the Seahawks will be trading out of this pick. The Ravens are picking right behind us. If another team wants to get up ahead of the Ravens to take a receiver, they could do it now. And that could also allow Seattle to move back a couple spots and still get Tillery because they want to stack their defensive line to add to the pass rush. If a fan wants to go and find an extremely dominant performance by a defensive lineman, Google Jerry Tillery versus Stanford. He had four sacks in their 38 to 17 win over Stanford last year. But I just want to be clear. The Seahawks are definitely trading down.
4: This is Kyle Barber, Managing Editor for Baltimore Beatdown, and on behalf of the Baltimore Ravens, we select wide receiver DK Metcalf with the 22nd overall selection. This is the perfect pick for the Ravens as it addresses their greatest need with one of the best players available. Metcalf is an incredible athlete with every physical trait you could ask for. He's 6'3", 228 pounds, and runs a 4.33 40-yard dash. The team needs to surround Lamar Jackson with all the weapons to succeed, and Metcalf's presence on the field will instantly open up the offense.
6: This is Matt Wesson from Ball Red Blog, and on behalf of the Houston Texans, we select Greedy Williams for the 23rd overall selection. The reason for this pick is pretty simple. The three best tackles in this draft class have already been selected, and that's Andre Dillard, Jonah Williams, and Jawan Taylor. None of the other tackles available are really worth the first-round pick, and Greedy Williams is the best cornerback available. He can high-point the ball well. He can play both press man and cover three and cover four. So in coverages, he has the athletic profile to be able to cover a team's number one cornerback. And has the ability to recover even if he does get beat when that rarely happens. The Texans' cornerback group is really bad. It's Bradley Roby, Jonathan Joseph, Brian Body, Calhoun, and Aaron Colvin, and without the pass rush of J.J. Wanja, and Clowney getting there, the pass defense is really bad too. And so with the Texans defense that doesn't have any cornerback talent past this year, and also is having to play some of the best quarterbacks around the season, drafting Grady Williams would be the first step in uh, improving this pass defense that needs to be improved dramatically.
5: This is Levi Damian from Silver and Black Pride, and on behalf of the Oakland Raiders, we select Tight end Noah Fant with the 24th overall selection. It's no secret John Gruden loves his tight ends. Losing receiving leader Jared Cook in free agency opened up a big need at tight end for the Raiders, who didn't want to pay market price for the 32-year-old first-time Pro Bowler. They get Fant, who has a similar skill set and athletic abilities, as an apt replacement.
4: This is Brandon Lee Gowden from Bleeding Green Nation, and on behalf of the Philadelphia Eagles, we select Clemson defensive tackle Christian Wilkins with the number 25 overall pick. The Eagles love to build through the trenches. It will help them win the Super Bowl in 2018, and drafting Wilkins aligns with their philosophy. Defensive tackle is still a need for the Eagles despite signing Malik Jackson because Jim Schwartz loves to heavily rotate his defensive linemen. Wilkins gives the Eagles another interior pass rusher alongside Jackson and Fletcher Cox and makes the Eagles defense even better. At number
7: 25 overall, the Eagles would be very fortunate to get Christian Wilkins. This is Brett Mock from Stampede Blue and on behalf of the Indianapolis Colts, we select Jeffrey Simmons, defensive tackle from Mississippi State with the 26th overall selection. Simmons exited his senior season as one of the top 15 prospects in the class, but suffered an unfortunate ACL tear during workouts in February. This will mean that Simmons will need to redshirt his rookie year and will push him down draft boards. Chris Ballard is just the GM to take this pick as he is building for the future and has veteran interior defensive linemen already in place for the coming season.
5: This is Levi Damian from Silver and Black Pride, and on behalf of the Oakland Raiders, we select... Safety, Nasir Adderley with the 27th overall selection. With their third pick in the first round, they fill another big need on defense. Adderley is the top safety in this draft, so the Raiders are more than happy to get him at 27 overall. He cemented himself as the draft's top safety in the Senior Bowl, which was coached by the Raiders staff and even had an interception in the game. He solidifies the Raiders' secondary, especially the safety position, which features former top pick Carl Joseph and recent free agent acquisition LaMarcus Joyner.
10: This is Gareth Sisti from Bolts from the Blue, and on behalf of the Chargers, we select Dalton Reisner, the tackle out of Kansas State, with the 28th overall pick. The Chargers get the last plug-and-play offensive tackle left on the board. He will play right tackle for the Chargers right away, shoring up their biggest weakness against the stout AFC West pass rushers to help protect Phillip Rivers. Reisner also has the versatility to play interior offensive linemen. Guard was a problem for the Chargers as well last year, so if Dalton can't hang on an island on the right side, he can also play guard and kick inside. Grabbing the last starter among the offensive line in Reisner, there was a lot of good depth on the defensive line and safety to address in day two for the Chargers. This is Ken Swanson with Arrowhead Pride making the selection for the Kansas City Chiefs, and we elected to go with Hakeem Butler, the wide receiver from Iowa State. The board didn't really fall particularly well for the Chiefs in this scenario, and that's something that's been kind of consistent, uh, kind of throughout you know the mock draft process that you've seen you know lately in. I think this is kind of proof that the Chiefs should probably be aggressive about trying to move up to get value in the early 20s, potentially uh, you know, on the defensive side of the football if a guy like, you know, Cleland Farrell potentially were to fall. So instead, we went with Butler, uh, high upside, excellent athletic profile, big guy with some inside outside versatility at the wide receiver position.
8: This is Evan Tex-Western from Acme Packing Company, and on behalf of the Green Bay Packers, we select Chris Lindstrom, offensive lineman, Boston College, with the 30th overall selection. The Packers have short-term question marks at guard and long-term questions at right tackle, with Brian Balaga's contract up after this season. Lindstrom earned all-conference honors at both positions, and though he could probably start on day one at guard, he certainly should be in the mix to be Brian Balaga's heir after the season. Furthermore, he's got exceptionally quick feet and great athleticism, which would be a great fit for new head coach Matt LaFleur in the zone-blocking run scheme he plans to bring to Green Bay. As an athlete, Lindstrom fits what the Packers look for in their linemen to a T, and he should be able to help solidify a line that's just given up too many sacks of Aaron
4: Rodgers in recent years. This is Joe McAtee from Turchill Times, and on behalf of the Los Angeles Rams, we select Eric McCoy with the 31st overall pick. Uh, Eric McCoy, center, Texas A&M. Um, The Rams have a transition that they're undergoing on their offensive line. Uh, Roger Saffold, starting left guard, and John Sullivan, both left in free agency this year. Andrew Whitworth is heading into his final year before retiring. Um, And Austin Blythe was a spot starter that came in last year that took over for Jamon Brown when he uh, had a two-game suspension to begin the year, uh, ended up keeping that job throughout the season. So uh, with that kind of instability and not knowing what the transition is going to look like, despite the fact they've got Joseph Noteboom and Brian Allen on the roster, who they took at the 2018 NFL Draft, those guys didn't play at all this season. And I think McCoy would be an obvious fit for what they've got going on on the inside and give them an extra body to kind of sort through through training camp and figure out which of those four between Blythe, Noteboom, Allen, and now McCoy uh, would go into rotational depth on the depth chart. Uh, But it leaves them in a stronger position than they're in now. And as they head towards the third round where they got a couple extra picks, they can look at some of those other roster gaps, especially on the defensive side. This is Pat
1: Lane from the Patriot Nation podcast on Pat's pulpit. And on behalf of the New England Patriots, we are selecting A.J. Brown with the 32nd overall pick. Spags, what do you think about that? You know, how, how do you feel about A.J. Brown going to the Patriots at 32?
6: I mean, you know, Ben just said it. Um... You know, might not be a, a, a rock guy, you know, receiver after the catch, but he's reliable, he's going to get open, he's got good hands. And, you know, when I haven't seen too, too much tape on him, but when you watch him, I think that's uh you know, that's a guy that fits the Patriots' mold. You know, that receiver, that's shifty, that's got good hands, can play in all different situations. You know, I mean, hey, if he's there at 32 and they feel that that's the need that they need to address that early in the draft, then go for it. Because, you know... We'll get into it in a little bit with Demarius Thomas, but they need to get young in that position. You know, Julian Edelman is getting older. He has taken plenty of hits. Um, you know, God only knows how long he'll be around. So, you know, if they can kind of find one of those guys early in the draft, I'm all right for it. And um, like I said, a lot of people, a lot of draft experts like Ben are high on A.J. Brown. So, yeah, no complaints for me.
1: Yep, I agree. I agree. And look, he's not the flashiest guy. Maybe he's not, you know. The, the the number one overall wide receiver on the board,
4: um, but he's a guy who's consistent, who's going to do his job, who's a good blocker, a willing blocker. Um, you know, it's going to kind of do all those things the Patriots like out of a receiver, and so I
1: think it's a great pick for the Patriots here at 32, rounding out the end of the first round. Well, that was a whole heck of a lot of fun, if you ask me. And by the way, me, I am R.J. Ochoa from SB Nation, and that was the SB Nation bloggers mock draft. 32 picks in the books. That is obviously exactly what's going to happen. You can write it in stone, people, when the actual NFL draft gets going on April 25th. There were some really interesting selections uh in, in this mock draft. It was really interesting to hear the perspective of people who know their team best from across our team sites at SB Nation and to hear why they think these picks make sense, to hear why they think their team will make those choices, to hear why they think these are the best possible routes that their team can go when it comes to the all important selection that is a first round pick in the NFL draft Uh, I know I learned a lot I hope you learned a lot I had a fantastic time and uh, I'm sure that you did as well I said in the beginning that I hope you brought a snack I devoured mine and I'm sure that you did as well once again the actual 2019 NFL draft begins on Thursday April 25th 2019 how many picks do you think we got right who do you think uh, made the best case who do you agree with the most make sure you join your team side and give us your feedback. Let us know what was wrong, what was right, what was silly, what was stupid, and make sure you make fun of your division rivals for making what we all know is the wrong pick. And make sure, by the way, you tune into your team side's live thread during the 2019 NFL draft so we can all share this collective experience together. That's the magic of SB Nation. It unites all of us. We fan together, and we're so happy that you joined us now and always. This once again was the 2019 SB
0: And in this presidential election season, The Current explores what a national political advertiser like the National Republican Senatorial Committee and a major CPG brand like Hershey can learn from each other. Listen in and subscribe to The Current at TheCurrent.com or wherever you get your podcasts. First thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to do list starts.